1: Welcome to the Light Years Podcast. Game day, the most anticipated play and matchup in history. Granted, the plan has gone for all of two years now, but I just can't imagine any play and matchup uh, meeting Warriors versus Lakers, LeBron versus Steph, and just kind of all the various storylines we have around this game anytime in the near future. For that, I'm bringing on special guest, host of the Laker Film Room, Pete
2: Zayas. Pete, how you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Nice to finally do this after all these years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's like, uh, you know, everyone was joking about the Warriors and Lakers meeting in the plan a month ago. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. Then <laughs> here we are now. Right. It's got to be the NBA's dream. Yeah, that's so, right. So with that saying, I wanted to uh, kind of give our listeners kind of a look, kind of how the other side sees this matchup. You know, you've heard me and Andy and me and various Warriors people talk about from Warriors perspective. All year, I'd love to hear kind of what Laker fans and uh, Laker pundits and everyone think about this matchup, and just kind of get some insight here. Hopefully, gets everyone kind of uh, thinking differently before the game starts. So, with that, we're going to do kind of three questions here, and I'm going to start with this one with you, Pete. So, how do you anticipate the Lakers guarding Steph Curry?
2: I I think when Drummond's in the game, it's very likely that we blitz, uh, which is probably the most fun matchup on the court between the two teams because it's a strength versus strength thing, right? You guys, people have been blitzing Steph for years now and Draymond in a four-on-three is off the short roll is, you know, they've been doing that for years. It's also something the Lakers are very good at, at blitzing. Drummond in particular is interesting in that I don't think he's going to play a ton in this game, but I do think he's going to start both the first and third quarters. And his strength, so he can be very, I would expect Golden State to exploit him or look to exploit him as much as possible. But whenever he can blitz off of a catch hedge or off of a ball screen, that's something he's actually very good at. He's good at applying pressure on the ball. He's got quick hands, very mobile for a guy his size where the Lakers will be in trouble is if he's having to switch on to Steph or make reads. And so I think that we'll have KCP locking and trailing on mm-hmm. Steph and chasing him over the top of screens, showing high with Drummond. And then the, the Trump card, so to speak, is Anthony Davis's ability to rotate and cover two on the weak side. He's great at tagging the roll man or covering that. And then if you throw that skip pass, he's going to get out to that shooter that makes sense. Do
1: you, have any, do you have any worries about AD's health? Like the last week or so, he looks, to my eye from what I've seen, he looks all the way back. But
2: I feel so much better than I did like 10 days ago. Even the beginning of this season, Draymond even spoke to this. He wasn't in good shape. AD right. was basically just shooting jump shots and not putting any pressure on the rim. Over the last week to 10 days, he started to look like, oh yeah, that's the Anthony Davis I remember. So I feel better about him and better about LeBron than I did, again, a, a, about a week ago.
1: Nice. Yeah. So I kind of thought the same thing. They're going to they're the Lakers are going to probably have like start with KCP hounding staff most of the time. And in some ways, similar to what Memphis did on Sunday, the the main difference I'm seeing is a I think the Laker guards are better at pressuring the ball than Dylan Brooks Mm -hmm. is. And B, you have at least three players who can do it, whereas Memphis was just doing it with Dylan Brooks. And as you saw,
2: one player guarding stuff for that long eventually gets worn down. And and that's what ends up with, like, 22 three-point attempts. That's one thing that we really pride ourselves on is limiting three-point attempts. I saw you tweet out that you guys have shot, what, like, 42 a game over the last 20 games or whatever stretch it's been. And so our bigs being mobile helps Mm -hmm. in that whole equation with the guards being able to pressure. And like a Valanchunas, Drummond, AD, all those guys can pressure on out on the perimeter. Nice. Okay. So my question for you is there's been – Whenever I'd watch a Golden State game over the course of this year, when Steph would go out of the game, especially those early second quarter units, I'd be like, yo, you guys just got to survive these <laughs> minutes. I know Jordan Poole's come around. Um, what is What has been the progress on that front where you guys are at least can uh, stay alive during those periods of time and buy yourself time until Steph comes back? I
1: mean, it's it's still a roller coaster. I'm not gonna lie about that. The Warriors
2: are playing an eight man rotation. I
1: don't anticipate them using Eric Paschal uh, or Jordan Bell, who, you know, essentially Paschal came back from being out for two months uh, to the second last game of the season and Jordan Bell was, you know, just signed. Off waivers like three days ago, so Mm -hmm. those I I would say those guys are only coming in the game if you know someone's in foul trouble and they need to buy a couple minutes. So with that said, the eight man rotation has been just one way to limit um, kind of some of the awful lineups we're seeing earlier in the season, like the Brad Wanamaker's, the Nico Mannion. Um, They still have trouble trouble generating any sort of offense, but they've they've kind of locked into this identity of yes, we're undersized but we can create havoc on defense. We can force turnovers. So it's true when Steph's on the floor, it's obviously more, they're more dangerous when Steph is on the floor for every obvious reason imaginable, but either way, they're going to try to force turnovers and get into transition because they have almost no chance at generating half court offense without Steph, like without Steph on the floor, it's basically just going to be a high ball screen for Wiggins or Jordan Poole, And you kind of live with the results.
2: Along those lines, turnovers as a Laker fan, easily my biggest concern in this game. We've been sloppy. A big part of that is LeBron is the guy that generally runs sure. that. And he's he's usually on the court at the beginning of those second quarters when your second unit will be on the floor. And our we take care of the ball much better when LeBron is on the floor. Uh, and and so, <laughs> right, right. But there's such a discrepancy in the continuity that you guys have versus this last, pretty much since AD went down, it's been we've just been trying to survive. And then the last month or two, we've really powered down and just let's get everybody healthy for the playoffs. So we have no continuity. We have very little in the way of cohesion that that's my biggest concern is that you guys will be able to exploit the lack of familiarity between players that that we have.
1: I should mention, um, and I forgot to throw this in there, Dave, the Warriors aren't staggering Stefan Draymond, but there's a little bit of a slight stagger so that the period just less minutes without at least one of them on the court. Um, and I would expect both players to play 40 plus minutes uh, on Wednesday, particularly if it's close. Uh, I think the Warriors are just going to try to chase it as much as possible. If they're in the game, it'll be one of those things where it, you know, if the Lakers get up 20 around halftime, I could see Steve Kerr kind of pulling the, you know, pulling the dogs out, being like, I want to rest you guys for Friday because I want you oh, to play healthy there. Yeah. But if it's close, they're going to chase it. You're going to see late playoff types of minutes from these guys because it's not like they're trying to pace their bodies for the finals. This team probably isn't going to go that deep in the playoffs. They have a chance to pull an upset or two here or there down the road. So I would, I would expect more urgency. On Sunday, we saw Steph and Draymond play 40 minutes, which I can't remember the last time I've seen them do that in a regular season game. Granted, it was kind of a play a, a semi-playoff game um so one way uh the warriors could counter that is just even limiting the rotation more so you might only get two minutes at the beginning of the second quarter before draymond checks in um they don't have many other options really let's be and honest
2: does that does that organize you guys basically like in those yeah. stiff minutes
1: i mean it one it the the defensive plus minuses um when Draymond's on the floor and off the floor are almost as extreme as the offensive difference when Steph is (laughs) on the floor and off the floor. Um, You know, he's one of the best defensive communicators, one of the best help side defenders you'll see. He's also probably the steadiest ball handler on the team. Um,
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: They run a lot of the same actions they run with Steph and Draymond, with Jordan Poole and Draymond. Not as, you know, not as good, obviously, because no one's Steph Curry, but it still works on some level. So uh, I would expect some of that. On the flip side, um, I guess that does bring me to a concern, which is if Draymond gets himself into foul trouble, it gets ugly very fast because there's probably no team he needs to play more like uh you know like superman bring back 2016 draymond than a team with the lakers size and talent up front look no one's perfect even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded the best golfers sometimes three pot with the tournament on the line so if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes it's perfectly okay but if it's bothering you there are options. Go to roman.com slash light years now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A US licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LightYears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LightYears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash LightYears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. That brings me to my second question. Perfect lead in <laughs> how long you kind of mentioned this, but how long do you think the Lakers will stay big with Drummond and maybe Marcus all in there? And yeah, I guess how, how much do you, how, how, how much are they going to go to kind of the Trump card, which is Anthony Davis at the five?
2: I think it'll depend on how those first six minutes of, of each half end up working out because for the, the potential problems on our end of Drummond having to defend Steph and chase him. And Steph's one of those guys where like, as soon as he relocates, he's, he's going to lose Drummond, right? Drummond's, we want to give him one job pressure. The ball we will rotate on the, on the weak side pressure, the ball, rotate back to this guy. You're done. Simplify the role. Simple, right. If you give him any more than that on, on the perimeter against Steph, you're going to be in trouble. So, but on the other end, the whole concept of this Lakers team and this roster with Drummond in particular is just bigger, faster, stronger, you know, even as great as Draymond is, he's going to lose some battles to Anthony Davis where Anthony Davis just goes over the top of him. Right. Draymond doesn't have the access to that plane for as wonderful as he is uh, at everything else. And Drummond helps compound that. He's been great out of the dunker spot in -hmm. getting offensive rebounds. He's getting averaging like five offensive rebounds a game alongside LeBron in just a little over 20 minutes the Lakers have gone a lot more to the LeBron and Drummond ball screen combination in the little okay. time that we've had than LeBron and AD. And so depending on how much havoc Drummond is wreaking versus how exploitable he is on the other end, right. I think that's going to be the equation on that. end. But ultimately I do think this is an AD at the five game. Yeah.
1: Yeah. By the way, AD, anytime I think of AD and Draymond, I think of one of my favorite Draymond green quotes um, after they won the 2015 uh, championship um you know Kyrie Irving had a quote which was like if I was healthy the Cavs would have won whatever Draymond kind of rolled his eyes and said if I was 6'11 I'd
2: be Anthony Davis but I'm not so
1: <laughs> it always made <laughs> hey, me man. laugh
2: yeah and hey, man that applies to a lot of us you know yeah. like uh, it, it must be nice um that so my question for you is, is yeah. also along those si- those lines is when we we had a win against you guys up in in uh I always want to say Oakland. It, that's going to sure. that's going to take years for me to to not say that. But we had a win up there where we had like 14 dunks. Right. And how how do you combat I know you're undersized and you've learned how to mm-hmm. play that way. How do you combat the Lakers' size advantage? So,
1: I mean, I really think it's going to come down to turnovers because if if the Lakers get into their half-court offense and are able to crash the offensive glass, like I just don't know how much you can do. Draymond is going to box out his man to the best of his ability. Like you said, Anthony Davis has five, to six inches on him. He'll go over the top as much as he can. Right. Um, Drummond for, you know, all his, let, let's just say um, limitations, guarding in space, like most traditional fives, he is good at crashing the offensive glass. So the Warriors are going to probably, you know, send a second man to double when they can, maybe anytime you throw it into the post, try to create havoc, on the weak side, anything in those capacities, because they want to make this a transition game. The one thing that James Wiseman's injury and Kelly, it's just, it's let the Warriors lock into an identity. We are a small ball team who causes turnovers and spaces you out. They know who they are. You know, there's a ceiling to what they can do with it given the talent, but they have a very clear
2: idea of what they want to do. That's so interesting that you said that they want to make it a transition game because right. that's what the Lakers want to do too. our half court offense by far is the weakest part of our team. Sure. And if we're posting up, that's a win for you guys. If we're dribble penetrating, that's probably a win for us. That's how we got most of our points. So it's interesting whenever you see a, a matchup between two teams that want to play the same style of play, if you want to run, we're going to be more than happy with that. Cause that means we're not going up against the set defense. We've got our bigger, stronger, faster athletes, building lanes think- and rim running and
1: yeah. I was gonna say, I do think both teams uh, think highly of their transition defense. One thing that's been kind of a staple of the (laughs) Lakers since you guys got AD is like, you guys get back, you have the length and you have the discipline to like teams don't get in transition against the Lakers that easy when the Lakers are locked in and the Warriors over the last month, since they've gone primarily Draymond at the five, a lot more want to Scott Anderson, who's a very intelligent defender and kind of fits the identity of what they want to do. Really like and, him. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins um, probably, you know, has, has exceeded the best case of what I thought he could be for the Warriors. If nothing else, the Warriors will get back in transition and will be in the right spots that way where they have had issues. Has been that second or third rotation in the half court. And that's more of a, some of the guys they're playing, a Michael Mulder, uh, even an Andrew Wiggins, a um, uh, a Kent Baysmore, you know, they're going to be overly aggressive. Overly aggression leads to kind of playing for the steal a little more here or there. And sometimes they don't make the best rotation, the second or third pass.
2: In terms of getting back in transition defense, the one thing that we really like to do against teams that are undersized is. A.D. or Drummond, but especially A.D. is going to make that rim run. And you may be back, but it might be Draymond or it might be Juan Toscano-Anderson. We're going to throw that ball up and see who's going to catch it. it. And LeBron is the best in in the league at making that pass. So even if you're back, there's still going to have to be a couple of guys back to break up that pass, or else that's Rob Gronkowski against a 5'10 cornerback on that type of play.
1: As as I'm thinking about it, I do think the other thing the Warriors are going to try to do is probably guard LeBron one-on-one. They're not going to send a second mm-hmm. man in because of his passing and because I don't think they have the... I mean, I don't know how many teams really have the ability if you send two bodies at LeBron and he throws it up to AD like to make a rotation to do sure. anything there. So I think they're going to... I think you're going to see Wiggins and some Juan Toscano Anderson on him, maybe pressure Mm -hmm. him, see if they can turn him into a jump shooter. Everyone tries to turn LeBron into a jump shooter. generally doesn't work. Um, So I would would anticipate that also being part of the the Warriors strategy here. To my last question. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no,
2: please do. Sorry, I was trying to sneak in a bonus question. I was wondering how much you guys are switching these days and how much you expect to switch against the Lakers.
1: In general, they're switching more. Um, Actually, No, they're just switching better. They're switching the same amount (laughs) they usually do. Uh, It's just different (laughs) when you have defenders who are better than like a rookie and some of the players they are playing earlier. Switching is always an identity of this team. Uh, They also don't really have a ton of size to funnel you to. So it's not like- That makes sense. Yeah, it's it's not like they're going to do that. And um, all right, so to my last question here, outside of Steph going nuclear, what scares you or at least causes
2: most trepidation for you about this Golden State team? So- that w- that leads into my last question for you as well, right? So the, it's the turnovers, number one. I think that mm-hmm. if we take care of the ball, we should be in in good shape. Um, Andrew Wiggins is the type of player that gives us problems. Big wings who can go over the top and and uh, be aggressive around the basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, his ability to crash from weak side—that's something that I, that uh, we can be vulnerable to. we we've got such big, fast, strong guys. Those guys don't tend to box out. You're talking about Draymond. Oh, he's going to do that to right. the best of his ability. He, he doesn't have Dra- a choice. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's exactly my point. Right. Is Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond, they can stand there and jump and get a right. rebound. That could also make us weak to somebody diving from the weak side, and that's something got that I, I like from from Wiggins. And just yeah, Wiggins' ability to attack the basket, go over the top. I I suspect if we've got AD at the five, our our money lineup, if this is a close game down the stretch, is probably going to be schroeder kcp caruso lebron and ad and when we've gone to those lineups tobias harris for example hit a game winner over alex caruso who's a great defender but similar to draymond against four or five AD. inches yeah right right if you could go over the top of a player there's only so much that they can do and so wiggins is the guy that, that gives me the most trepidation in, in this matchup i was actually
1: going to throw into that in many ways the um the build of the two teams is similar. The the Lakers and the Grizzlies, um, the Lakers just have far more talent, like uh, AD a lot better than Jaron Jackson. Right. Uh, Andre Drummond, a bigger version, but similar to Jonas Valanciunas. And to that point, Wiggins did end up with 10 rebounds and he did end up crashing the glass pretty aggressively from the weak side. Uh, rebounding was a huge focus because uh, I think the Warriors finished the season 29th in the league on the glass. It's been a weakness oh, wow. all year. Um, And Memphis, probably their biggest strength is offensive rebounding. They're not a good shooting team. They're not a particularly creative offense, but they do get a lot of points off of putback. So Wiggins being able to help out on the glass was a huge part of the Warriors being able to stay in that game until Steph, you know, got going and kind of put it away. Um, Wiggins a little funny because he is, he will have games (laughs) like that. And then he'll have, you know, one of his patented, um, just a bunch of fadeaway mid range shots and one mm-hmm. assist and two rebounds. And he just like, Oh, that type of thing. Yeah. But with that said, um, it feels like he's risen to the moment. It feels like being on a team with kind of a better culture than what he had in Minnesota and leadership, where he doesn't have to be the face, you know, he kind of plays off of Stefan Draymond who are Undoubtedly the faces and the leaders of the team has really allowed him to lock in and kind of excel in this role and be just a quality two way wing
2: yeah he's he's someone that we were going to really need to pay attention to, or else he's going to get some free points for you guys right. you have any more you have one more question oh What's gosh that friend? was that was my one more question. Let's see we did the switching Wiggins, the size discrepancy i guess from I'll throw the same question back at you, aside from the obvious size difference and and mm-hmm. talent differential what are the what what about this Lakers team worries you?
1: Um, the fact that LeBron knows every action, the Warriors want to run. And, Mm -hmm. um, I, it was either the second or the third Warriors Lakers game. I think it was the third one, to be honest. Um, that game was over in the first quarter and LeBron had maybe three pick sixes in the first six minutes, something along those lines of like, I've played Steph and Draymond, maybe 80 times in the last 5 years. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I know everything you're doing. I know what Draymond's thinking when he's ducking in waiting for Steph. So, um, you know, appropriate fear of LeBron is generally always everyone's concern when you go against the LeBron James team, but because there's so much history the history between them between uh LeBron and Steph and Draymond makes it fun. It's mm-hmm. also like Is this going to be one of those games where LeBron reads everything they're doing and it's over
2: before it it starts? For sure, yeah. You're going to have to, because of those size and speed discrepancies, you're going to have to fool us. We're going to have to make unforced errors and Mm -hmm. you're going to have to force us into mistakes. And if LeBron knows what's coming and because you guys are more similar to what you were obviously then yeah the last time you faced LeBron it's a different team this Lakers team and that Cavs team so yeah that is that is an advantage that's interesting I wonder if they're gonna
1: go there's gonna be a lot more like Steph decoy action early the problem is like you just (laughs) I don't see any way in which the the Warriors can compete with the Lakers where Steph Stephen Curry doesn't get at least 25 shots up and right you know like the the using Steph as a decoy and then having him come on late works a lot better when you have better offensive talent around him.
2: Right, right, exactly. If it ends up in a player's hands who's not able to create sure. shot And that was really
1: the issue in the first half of the season. It was a lot of like possession devolves to Kelly Oubre having to make a decision at the top of the key. And (laughs) Kelly Oubre only makes one decision, that's shoot the ball. So (laughs) um, in, in some ways, this Warrior team's offense can sometimes turn into... Dribble, handoff, and pass to the side as Steph runs in a circle until he gets open. And sure on some level, sure. that's as you know as effective. It's, as fun, to it it's fun to watch. It's great to watch.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Pete, I really appreciate you. This has been fun, great. Right. This will be a fun game tonight, and yeah,
2: hopefully we can do soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Tim.